Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you are having or have had an amazing week. Last week, we had a very intense conversation with Dr. Marnie, and we are here with part two. But you know, as usual, I like to do a quick check-in and see how your week was going. And if this is your first time, thank you for tuning in with Conversations with Toy. I am a firm believer that if you tuned in for the first time to this particular episode, there's something that you may need in it. So go ahead and give a listen, listen to it in its entirety, because again, we want to be of assistance. My name is Toy, obviously. I am the podcaster of Conversations with Toy. And my goal and dream when I started this podcast two years ago was to make sure that we talked about certain things and bring to light conversations that we all have with amongst our girlfriends, our friends, our mates, that we're kind of afraid to bring to the forefront. For instance, when you talk about mental health, one of the first things you think about is, you know, seeing people and they feel like they're, they look like they're quote unquote out of their mind. First of all, mental health has different looks. You could be smiling, bubbly, the life of the party, and you could still have a mental health issue. And because I'm the type of person who one has gone through that, who goes through that and is very transparent about my journey, I always like to bring different conversations to the table so that you don't feel alone. Again, oftentimes we feel like we're just like this magical unicorn and we don't have anyone to turn to, anyone that can hear us. And that is not the case. With Conversations with Toy, you're going to get as real as I can possibly get it. I try not to be too vulgar, but every now and again, you know, it is what it is. We got to be having these, you know, truthful conversations. So today's conversation is with Dr. Marnie. If you didn't listen to part one, go back to last week. You don't even have to go far. This is season six. This is last week's episode. You can go back and you can take a listen to what we discussed. We talked about narcissistic people. Now this can come in many forms. It's not just a, you know, your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever title you like to call yourself, but this could also be your, you know, coworker. It could be a family member. It could be a friend so many different ways. But in today's, we talk a little bit more about what self-care can do. We will talk a little bit more about the different helps that we can have that can just get us from point A to point B as we get through and out of these different, you know, situations and how we can help ourselves to be more, less blinded by our narcissistic person. Because again, you know, they like to come in and deceive. They always have a word of deception in their spirit. And when they want to come and let you know all the things that you're not so that they don't, so you don't get to look at the things that they're doing. So thank you for tuning in for those who tuned in last week. Um, if this is your first week, go back, check out last week's episode. This is part two with Dr. Marnie. Dr. Marnie, we're so grateful for you to be on our show and to give our listeners, our family, our podcast family, a little bit more information so that we can find ways to have a better life, a better joyful life. Listen, everybody's talking about living their best life, but in order to live your best life, you've got to go back and correct some stuff. So let's tune in and thank you, Dr. Marnie. 
All right. Welcome back again. Conversations with family, uh, conversations with toy family. We are back and we decided to make this into a two part uh, conversation because it got too good. We were talking about talking about something bad, but it was so good. Uh, mm -hmm. Talking about narcissistic behavior, um, how to really spot it. And uh, we've all encountered it. I believe in my heart, I think we've all encountered narcissistic people, whether in whatever relationship, whether it's work related, uh, with your friends, uh, unfortunately, a, a love interest, or even a partner. And oftentimes, again, we talked about different ways that we may have spotted it or didn't spot and things that we can do for ourselves prior to getting caught up. Um, in this particular episode, we want I want to talk about your book, True Deceit, False Love. And specifically because there's a lot of things in that I believe that we can apply, which will go along with the conversation that we spoke, spoke about. So can we get right into what made, what, what was your reason for writing this particular book? Well, actually, it's a five book series and, okay. you know, called True Deceit, False Love. And I actually did not set out to write this book. Um, when I was trying to make sense of what I was experiencing, there were so many terms and phrases thrown around this community, whether it was in the literature or on podcasts and stuff, and I needed to learn about them. I didn't know what gaslighting was or scapegoat or gray rocking or no contact, or I didn't even really understand narcissism. And right. definitely didn't understand the dynamics of parental alienation, which, you know, my domestic abuse, you know, entailed parental alienation. So I would write down these terms to look up later. Before I knew it, I had 100 terms. And um, but it wasn't much longer. And I had 1000 terms and mm. then 10,000 terms. So actually, my first book is you know, true deceit, false love, but it's 15,555 terms and phrases. And the, the um, psychologist, uh, the very well-known Dr. Sam Backnan, who wrote my foreword, actually coined some of these terms, you know, in the literature, you know, so I did get a lot of support from people that chose to endorse my book from different, um, you know, podcasters and researchers in this field. So, so that is the first book. And um, like I said, I didn't really set out to write it, but after I had so much work to do to try to understand what I was going through, I figured maybe this might help someone else too. So then that led to the other books and um Let's see, I've got them right here. The second book, which is one of my favorites out of the series, um, it is acrostic poetry. And acrostic poetry is where you use these terms and phrases in a vertical manner and you create a poem around it. And, um, you know, so that I found was extremely healing. I've written these poems not in an autobiographical way. They are from an abuser's point of view, a victim, a kid, a husband, a wife, a coworker, a boss. So many different, um, you know, angles that you can mm -hmm. take in addressing this. And I thought that was so healing and people that was very well received that I did a survivor's workbook where if you find writing to be healing for you, you can you know, do some of your own acrostic poetry. And I spell out how to do that in here. And this survivor's workbook is very helpful. The 
Um, fourth book was free verse poetry, which is extremely cool to do because there's no rules, right. you, you know, cause people get hung up on poetry and, you know, they remember their high school class and how they dreaded poetry class. Like it was hard to do, but really you can almost write your thoughts down as if you were writing in a journal or whatever, and you don't have to follow rhyming rules or whatever. And that can kind of, when you express yourself, any kind of trauma that you've been through challenges or whatever, or even positive things, you know, to get it out of your body and onto a page is very, very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth book in the series um, is actually a word search puzzle book, you know, and I just wanted to kind of have fun with these terms and phrases because it is such a heavy, challenging, negative, you know, experience to go through this and deal with it. But in a positive way, you can understand these terms and learn about them, but also doing a distracting, very relaxing activity of word search. It just kind of takes you away for that, you know, little bit of time and self-care part of self-care, you know, is distracting yourself. And when you realize you're, you know, ruminating on negative, you know, you're replaying a situation over and over again, um, it actually re-traumatizes you and you bring up the same emotions and your brain is still reacting as if it was the actual threat in front of you. So we need to kind of retrain ourselves to, you know, think about other things. So the minute, you know, and and there are times we have to think about these things, but there are other times we should distract ourselves and, you know, get ourselves thinking of something else. I love that. Um, How are some ways that we can take a negative phrase, um, a negative experience. And how can we change that? How can we interchange the negative with the positive? Do you have any examples for us? Well, you know, I mean, doing the inner work and the research work to understand the negative phrase or negative scenario you're in, I think that brings awareness and helps you change the narrative a little bit. But sometimes it's a matter of just kind of Um, telling yourself, Hey, if this, if I'm triggered by something, know your triggers, you know, if, if, um, you are triggered by something, um, you know, you are going to a restaurant that was the restaurant that, you know, you broke up at, Mm -hmm. you know, don't go to that restaurant, you know, or if you really love that restaurant, you know, go at a time where you don't think that you will see some of the same players or that you will, or just take, take out, you know, I mean, don't do some things that you need to kind of, you know, change the scenario that you were in. And you have to consciously do it sometimes. Sometimes you have to, you know, find the good in, you know, because really with abusing and toxic situations, there's a combination of good and bad that go along with it. They roped you in for a long time, you know, like I said, in my case, it was 27 years, they use intermittent reinforcement. So there are periods Mm. of positive. Right. And, you know, we hold on to those thinking, okay, that will, let's, let's, if I only do this, then, then this positive will come back again. And so we are, that's, that's part of the trauma bonding as well as that intermittent reinforcement. So realize that in a lot of your negative scenarios, there were some positive things and you, you know, you don't want to romanticize it and, you know, 
put it into a fantasy that it is not really what it was, but you can extract the positives from it. And, you know, when you start to do the inner work and you value yourself more, you, you give yourself credit for what you've been through, acknowledge your, your um, heartache, acknowledge your role in different things. You can move past all this negativity and, and just live a blessed life. And I, I, I love the way that you, well, that you mentioned um, the romanticizing of certain scenarios is I feel like that is, again, like you said, it's the way to can keep you in the yeah. situation. It furthers the situation even further. So where you would have maybe have left, you're staying a little longer because now they seem to play nice. The person is playing nice. They're buying you gifts. Um, maybe they're taking you out. Maybe they're calling you more where you might have, if it's a friendship, maybe you thought, okay, they're not calling as much. Now they're all of a sudden calling, you know, right. a lot of these things, again, they distract, like you said, they distract us from actually doing the work to say, okay, yes, this is a good moment. This is a good moment in time, but then let's think about all of the other issues that are happening. Um, how is it that people are able to get into, you know, these situations I want to say more freely than others, or just get into more of, you know, these trauma bonds a lot more than maybe someone who recognizes it a little bit differently. Like, Cause we all get to these points at, eventually where we recognize it, but it's the prior to. So how do a lot of people get caught up in those types of moments? Well, that's, that's a, a really good question. And, you know, statistics will show that people who have left abusive relationships will find themselves right back into another abusive relationship because that's familiar to them that that's kind of that how they think love should be mm -hmm. and you know again it takes time to do that inner work um but i think i think it's just really important for you to realize okay yes there are some good moments um, but you do need to look at the bigger picture and go back and say well wait a minute not you know, um, it might be good right now, but it will just fall right back into that same pattern. I think you need to acknowledge that um, and, and kind of look at patterns and, you know, take some time. If writing is healing for you, try to just jot down, you know, different scenarios. And if you see some of these patterns and, and be strong enough to, you know, um, say no you know, be strong enough to kind of walk away. And I think, you know, you were asking about how do we get ourselves in these situations? Mm -hmm. I think we're good people. We like right. to see the best in others. You know, we, like I said before, in our first interview, you know, just because we're honest, loving, good people, you know, we tend to think that the people we surround ourselves with have those same values always. And we need to acknowledge that. So really, it doesn't mean we need to change who we are and what our core beliefs are, but we need to be a little bit more discerning and maybe put up some healthier boundaries um, to, to value ourselves and to honor ourselves and say, you know, enough is enough. You know, and sometimes walking away um, is something done very quietly. You don't announce it. Sometimes you can't have that conversation to just lay it all out on the table and say, well, because of this, or because I feel this, you know, it's great to be able to have those conversations sometimes, but sometimes, you know, no closure is the best closure. And I think I'm glad you said that so many people go back into certain situations because they feel they need to have it. And if they don't have closure, 
they just feel like they're just keeping this door wide open. And I feel like a lot of times, again, when you keep this door open, even if you don't keep it open to that same person, you, again, you invite, you invite something else to go back into um, its place. And it could actually have extreme negative consequences. There is, you know, a a very well-known advocate for narcissist abuse in this community who Mm -hmm. has shared her story publicly. So I, I, you know, feel like I could share at least the gist of this, but she wanted that closure. And so, you know, her ex was seeing someone else and uh, was causing some problems and she just wanted some closure and, um, and even arranged with, you know, her ex to go to, you know, the place that they actually were together, but you know, where he is now just to talk out, you know, let's just, you know, part as friends that all with very good intentions. Well, he had it arranged that the police officers would arrest her if she got on the property. And it totally blew her away. And then of course, justice is not always fair. Mm -hmm. And so she was arrested and put in jail um, for, I guess, trespassing on her own property. Um, And she was going with the intent of just, yes, I'm glad we're gonna see eye to eye and have some closure, but it came back to haunt her. She ended up having to, have a lot of consequences as a result of of that needing closure. And I'm sure she could kick herself like, boy, if I only didn't need that closure, sometimes no closure is good closure. Um, But it is all part of our journey. Um, Even this terrible situation she experienced that just threw her for a loop, you know, um, abusers will do all sorts of things. They'll do all sorts of things to destroy you. And in that case, you know, he not only was not going to allow her to have closure, he was going to, to stick it to her and and get people, get officials to believe a very, very false narrative. Wow, that is mind blowing. Um, mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. just how far people can and will. Yes you know, use whatever situation against you and you're not knowing, not paying attention, just hoping again, like you said, hoping for the best um, positive thinking. And then bam, you get hit with something as far as a full arrest. My God, that has to be. And there's other people that, you know, experience death, unfortunately. And it's a very uncomfortable thing to talk about, but there Mm -hmm. are some abusers that believe if, if they can't have the visitation schedule that they want with the children, then the other parent doesn't deserve to live and those kids don't deserve to live. And you will, you will read about this. It's unfortunate. It's been happening very, very often and a lot. Yeah. Very reasonably. Yeah. But it's been going on for a long time. So you have to be vigilant around these people. They are so obsessed with you and disturbed that they will go to any lengths, um, you know, to, to destroy you. There's, there's one very well-known case in this community um, where a dad, you know, was, was accused falsely of all sorts of things and, and did not have custody of his beautiful seven or eight year old son. And, and, but he tried doing all the right things in the court, you know, just to get them to see and documentation and all that. Finally, after years, 
he was granted custody. And the judge was so excited to say, listen, you can go and go pick up your son. And um, but he thought, you know, I'm going to be a little cautious here. I'm going to do this, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'll call the authorities to let them know this might be contentious. But, you know, here are my orders. I've been granted custody. I, you know, the judge has told me to go get my son and he went to the home and he thought, well, there are police here, but boy, that was fast. He didn't um, really understand. And he went up to the door to knock, you know, cause he's, he's someone who follows all the rules, all the rules, knock. like did everything by the book, heard two gunshots. So his ex-wife killed their son and killed herself. And it is just a devastating scenario. Now, this wonderful dad, you know, his life is completely shattered and changed. But he does go and talk to people about parental alienation and domestic abuse to bring awareness that, you know, his scenario could happen to another person. And it has. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be very, very vigilant with these people. They Sometimes just getting, I mean, I moved to the Caribbean from the Chicago suburbs. I went as far away as how many thousands of miles away, but still stay in the United States as I could. Um, That doesn't stop people though. They find out where you live. They, you know, try to get you entangled in legal battles. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so there are, some people can be extremely obsessed, even when you would wish the best for them. You know, you pray for them, you would like peace, you know, for that, for them and their families and, and the world. And, you know, um, but, you know, not everyone is wired that way. They're not. And that's actually really scary, but a very real reality. Um, And it's just unfortunate. Um, We talked about the tools that you can use, you know, we talked about using, you know, things like this podcasts, uh, therapy, um, books. Are there other tools that you could suggest for other people who may be looking for, you know, ways to get themselves stronger, to read things, to get more information? What are some other tools? Right. Well, we, you already mentioned all the different kind of ways to look into the research and that type of thing. And, you know, of course you can get counseling or you can confide in someone that you really trust, but you need to take care of yourself at some point and realize that no one else is going to really take care of you the way you can. So that means physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, fill your cup. Mm -hmm. So like, make sure that the food you put in your body is nutritious, is organic, has some value to make you stronger and healthier. Right. You know, because it's very easy to just grab for the sugar when you're stressed. You know, junk food. Right, right. right. I mean, we now luckily where I live, I moved to the Caribbean. I have my own hydroponics farm. I do extreme gardening. Everything is locally sourced here. So we have a farmer's market that is year round. Um, a lot of co-ops with farms. So I feel like, gosh, I've been placed into a, a, a place where I can really be very conscious about the foods that I eat. You know, it's, there's nothing like, 
you know, walking through your garden every day, picking vegetables and mm -hmm. things to put into a healthy smoothie that are just picked right there, you know, that day. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone can do that, but we certainly have some options as far as making some choices with nutritious food, right? Um, get, get enough sleep. You know, when we go through trauma, we have tough situations. If we don't know how we're going to make ends meet or put one foot in front of the other, we lose sleep a lot. And it's very important to try to get natural restorative sleep. And, you know, I'm fortunate again in this situation in that I'm retired now, I don't have mm -hmm. to wake up to an alarm. And so I kind of let my body just, you know, I go to, sleep. Get up. Right. right. I, I let my body tell me when it's time to go to sleep and, um, and it gets kind of darker here earlier. The skies are, are, you know, um, get darker earlier in the Caribbean. Okay. So it's almost like, you know, there's like a natural rhythm to that. And, you know, I really never was anyone to stay in bed and, you know, sleep in, but I do that now. And, but I also have a view of the ocean from my bed, <laughs> right. so I can wake up and see this beautiful sight, you know, and that really helps a lot. Um, exercise is important. Some people like to go to the gym. Um, some people like to just exercise in the privacy of their own home. I'm someone who personally likes to get out in nature. So I'll swim in the ocean several times a week. I'll take, you know, I live in the rainforest, so I'll do nice hikes in the rainforest. I kind of get more of a natural exercise, but, um, you do need to, especially the older you get, you know, you do need to do some sort of exercise using your muscles in, you know, keep yourself strong right. and so strong and healthy physically, and then treat yourself to some things like, you know, I, I love to take an Epsom salt bath, you know, um, a hot bath, even though I'm in the hot Caribbean and I'm in the water all the time, there's nothing that, you know, calms me down the more than just a hot bath, a hot, relaxing bath. And, um, but that works for me. Some people might want to do other things. Some people might, you know, um, love to go running or something. Mm -hmm. I do. Uh, That's me. Do you? Okay. So you mm -hmm. are a runner, which is fantastic. I've never been a runner. Right. Um, and you know, um, and actually where I live now with all the different hills, I, I, it might be difficult for me to start taking something like that up. But some people like to do right. crafts and mm -hmm. do art projects and paint. Um, you know, rediscover some of the passions that you had prior to the, your trauma, but also maybe discover new hobbies that you didn't know you would like. You know, just explore and experiment, but, you know, take time for yourself and do some special, special things for yourself. I love that you said that because oftentimes, even as your life evolves, whatever level and direction it evolves, I feel like a lot of the first things that goes is your, your time, your, yeah. your time to build yourself back your, you know, people call it me time, whatever you call it. We lose that sense of it because we go back into this hyper sense of extending ourselves to other people rather that be, you know, in motherhood, rather that be in relationship, rather that be in whatever we, we we're the last one on the pole. And so we're givers. Yes, we like to give to other people. Give, give, that give, makes go. us feel good. Right. But you got to, like you said, fill that cup right back up 
got to fill that cup up. And actually at different stages in our lives, you know, we, we get busier and, you know, of mm-hmm. course, when we're raising a family and we've got lots of other people to coordinate and, and mouths to feed and all of that, you know, you're in a different mode. And actually for a while there, it seemed like it was almost a trophy. If you could juggle a million different things, you know, not only could you bring home the bacon, you can fry it up in a pan and you could do that, you know, you know, you you need to quiet yourselves. You need to quiet your mind and spend some time in prayer mm-hmm. and reflection. And even if it's just, you know, 10 minutes every day where you close your eyes and you just drift off, that will help center you and realize you don't have to go in a million directions and be more mindful about what you are doing. And you'll probably mm-hmm. enjoy things more because you're not just in a frenzy doing things so quickly. I love that. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about, you know, again, this, this evolution, this wordages, I would say, of people saying about self-care and how it, it now is a trigger word because everybody's talking about self-care and, and they, they correlate self-care with just, again, these bubble baths, um, these, you know, extra, you know, beautiful, elevated things. And Oftentimes, even I'm as, as a consecrator, I will create things that showcases different levels of self-care, but some people don't realize the ba- some basic things for self-care could simply be taking a nap because you're over, you're tired, you're overextending right. yourself. Listening um, to your body. Right. Or simply, you know, reading a magazine, just because those are some of the things that you, you enjoy um, to someone who's listening, who was telling themselves they don't have the time. You know, we, we tell ourselves these things because we don't have the time when often, oftentimes it's that we're not managing our time well. Mm-hmm. And again, over, we're putting something on our plate that probably shouldn't be. So someone that's listening and they're saying that they don't have time, what is your suggestions for that? I'll tell you, my response is we all have time for what's important to us. Mm-hmm. We all have time for what's important to us. So obviously some of these other things, whether it's, you know, taking care of the kids or doing this or volunteering here, or, you know, that's important to you. So you need to be a little discerning about what is most important to you and put yourself on the list. I mean, seriously, if you're even using a day planner, which Mm -hmm. I did, I do almost almost (laughs) my whole life, you know, I don't, I don't now, but I did for a long time. I, I even learned to schedule in a half an hour here, a half an hour there just for myself so that I wouldn't overbook myself and I would take time. I would force myself to do that. So I would say, you know, schedule yourself in. Right. And we all have time for what is important to us, you know, and and make yourself important enough. Yes. Yes. I am always a big person to tell people like to advocate for other people to tell them that because sometimes we don't, we feel like, Oh no, not us, you know, maybe for somebody else, but no, that's for you too. Right. I love that. And, um, I wanted to end this particular, um, episode by talking about how, you know, we're putting our, we're trying to put we're trying to put ourselves first, right. We're, we're going to, put ourselves back on the schedule. We're going to put self-care in. We're, we're looking at the, the, the things that we've gone through. Some people get so caught up in the fact that 
they don't feel worthy enough because they've gone through 20 million different things, this unworthiness feeling that they feel. So they don't, they don't see the, the, the value in, in doing the positive stuff and moving forward because I've been through 20 different things and it seems like life is always coming and crashing and always coming and crashing and always coming and crashing. Um, what would be your suggestion or your, your encouragement for someone that's thinking that way? You know, I would say work on your thinking and value yourself. And some of that means putting on the brakes and reflecting on, on, you know, your life and what you want out of your life. And like we talked about in the first interview, the first conversation, so many people try to determine their worthiness from an external source. So if I have so many likes on a post, mm -hmm. then I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. If I have so many friends in my circle, then I'm worthy. You know, if I only do this, then, you know, I am considered valued. And you need to right. kind of change that thinking and realize that you are loved by God. You are loved by other people as well, but you need to love yourself and, you know, get some of that validation from an intrinsic source. Right. And, and realize, and, and these conversations I think are great because, you know, people will stop, you know, idealizing other people and thinking, well, they have it just great. Oh, she lives in the Caribbean. So she's, she can do everything. No, no, we all have, it doesn't matter where we are at, how much money we make, how old or young we are, where, you know, we all have challenges in life and we can choose how to respond to these challenges. We don't mm -hmm. have to just react and we certainly don't have to play the victim. We can take ownership in our life and value ourselves. I love that. I love that. Um, and this is a great way to just end part two. And um, so if you did not catch part one, go and click on part one because you may be thinking this sounds really, really good. And this sounds really, there is the part one that you need as well. This is like a two-part series that we just created. And I want you to go ahead and listen to part one and then come back and listen to part two. Um, this is keep this episode as a reference. Again, we have all been through situations where we have, you know, been taken advantage of. We've had situations where we've had ourselves not be at our best thoughts where we're not, you know, thinking about ourselves and caring for ourselves. Cause a lot of times we don't care about ourselves enough to say that we need better. You know, we need better in our relationship with our partner. We need better from the friends that are around us. So I want us to keep these two episodes as a part of your go back, go back and listen to like, sometimes we listen to something once you go back and listen to it again, you get a whole new message yeah. because it's a, it's a point of reference. It's now something that you can add as a tool. So when you find yourself in a situation, you'll be like, I remember Dr. Marty saying, I can do this. She, she suggested these books I can go read. And I want us to keep these two episodes in our little mental Rolodex, go back to them, review them. Um, some days you're going to get another message that you didn't get the first time and that's okay. Right. And you will have lots of different things on your various podcasts too. So many other conversations with people that they could also bookmark and return to. And then in my case, my website is the, the name of my spiritual fiction, which is God came to my garage sale.com. Mm -hmm. So on my website, not only could you 
you know, read about me and my books and that type of thing. But I have a happening section that I write about the different, you know, and, and show and have links to different podcasts and book signing events and, you know, different things that I'm involved in. But I also highlight other people and their work and what they do kind of as a resource guide as well. So, you know, maybe check out that website, www.godcametomygaragesale.com. And you'll be able to click on that. I know because you might be working out while you're listening to this. You might be, you know, folding the laundry. You can click on it in the show notes for any of these uh, resources that we'll add. Um, and that way you have it at your fingertip. We love to be clickable. Everybody loves the clickable life. Yeah. So we yeah. will make sure everything is completely clickable so that you can get what you need. Because reality is, is these episodes, these conversations are not just so we can talk. They're supposed to help other people. And if that helps one or two, we're, then we've done our part. We've yeah. done our part in helping you to be better, to recognize the things that could, you do need to work on and so that you can really live your real, true, best life. Everybody is saying living their best life, but a lot of times living your best life means going back and fixing some of that junk that we've accumulated, getting rid of it so that we can move forward. Right. And, you know, you might have a couple steps backwards, but mm -hmm. give yourself permission to, you know, grieve that and say, hey, I messed up or, you know, I need to try this again and, and be easy on yourself and then just pick yourself back up and move forward. Totally agree with that. Dr. Marnie, thank you so much for making this a beautiful two-part series. Um, again, we cannot thank you enough for just being a, a, an invaluable lesson for us. And um, we're hoping that, again, this touches so many people who need it. Because, again, as much as we talk about different levels of conversation, I think this, these two conversations are really, really important. I really feel in my spirit that these are extremely important. So I'm grateful to have you. Well, thank you. And I'm grateful for you and your platform and all the work that you're doing to help so many people. So awesome. yeah, we can all get through these challenges. Absolutely. So what did you think? So again, this is part two. We did a little bit differently, obviously from the first conversation, but we could not just leave you with part one and just let that go. We needed something else to bring to the table so that you have a little bit more understanding, a little bit more clarity. Now, as you go into your weekend, you know, the weekends are supposed to be fun and light and all of the things, but make sure you're taking care of yourself. Nothing is worse than discovering that, you know, all the things that you're supposed to be doing, all the things you could be doing and you discover, man, I'm not living the way I need to live. I'm not taking care of myself. You know, we just got to figure out what we can do and make things a little bit better. So with that being said, I want you to have a great weekend. Take some time for yourself, little or big. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as it's something that you truly enjoy. I want you to go ahead and get that done. So have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with Toy, becoming a part of our family. We will be back next week with another episode. I can't wait to bring the noise, have the conversations, you know, just do all the things. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.